Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome. It's Miller and Condon. It's KXNO 1460 on the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial. Return to local programming for the next couple of hours. Uh, we appreciate you spending some of that time here with Trent Condon and myself as we talk sports, recap the weekend with you. Uh, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, only one guest in the first hour of the program. I'm going to save a lot of time to talk about the weekend and the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about the Hawks and Northwestern, but Dave Sproul is going to join us So towards the bottom of the hour or thereabouts. Get the latest on Iowa State as they have been, uh, well, shut down uh, basketball-wise anyways for at least... The time being, we'll see if Dave's got any idea as to when that might end. Uh, apparently, the game this weekend uh, that's scheduled to take place, I believe Texas Tech uh, on the road for Iowa State here coming up. That game very much perhaps in doubt. And then a week from tonight, they're on the floor against Oklahoma State at home. So Iowa State's been a while since we've seen them. They had one shut down uh, K-State because of a problem, COVID problem within their program, but apparently it is hit within the Cyclones program. Kansas was postponed on the weekend. Texas has already been postponed, and we'll cross our fingers and hope that they can get back on the court. So Dave Sproul will join us at about 10.30. We'll get the latest on Iowa State with Dave. Moving into the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to do a couple of NFL guests. Dave Sinekin, the headcheese.com as the Packers have advanced, they will host the NFC Championship game. We'll recap, uh, go back and look at the their win over the Rams. Alan Lazard with a big touchdown. A couple of drops in the game as well, to be fair. Uh, but we will talk about the Packers uh, and Aaron Rodgers and company moving on to take on Tampa Bay. And then Nick Gathen uh, on Kansas City as they hold on. <laughs> and they held on uh, before we get uh, Scott Dockerman in here to talk about the Hawkeyes uh, and what lies ahead for the Hawks. Trent, what an incredible weekend of football. They were all uh, entertaining. In, well, maybe not the Saturday night game, Buffalo and Baltimore. They'll give Balt- uh, uh, Buffalo a lot of credit for having a plan to shut down Lamar Jackson, and they did just that. How was your weekend? It was good, enjoyable, a lot of football, some family uh, members that are in town, so got to see them. That was good, and... Away we go with uh, down to now just four. Three games left. Three games left. And not even as much as we make fun of the Pro Bowl, it still would be there in a normal year. Yeah. We don't even get that this year. No, we don't. Um, so there won't be the uh, guys bowing out of the Pro Bowl and so-and-so <laughs> named to the Pro Bowl, right. which we usually get half of that roster. But anyways, the games themselves, we'll save Iowa. We'll get to them in a minute. But let's do the divisional uh, games from the weekend. Trent, as good as Aaron Rodgers was, and he was, and he, he was. always is, seemingly. Might his best play of the game be the falling on top, not falling on top, uh, picking up uh, A.J. Dillon's fumble and advancing it a few yards? Yeah, he got three yards out of that play. And Trent, that was, um, you know, in the scheme of things, because that would turn into the touchdown pass to Lazard. A game was, 
you know, starting to get a little close, right? It's a one-score game at that point, one-touchdown mm-hmm. game before he hit Lazard. Uh, Dylan fumbles the ball, and there's number 12 picking it up and advancing it a couple of yards, making that third-down play a whole lot more uh, makeable, and they picked it up, and the drive continued, and we saw how it ended. Yeah, and uh, there were moments in the game, not a lot of them, but there were moments where just get that feeling. This game's a little funky. It was. I mean, doesn't it feel like Green Bay is just having their way with them? They were, and yet the Rams were right. hanging around. And then they cut it to twenty five eighteen, and mentioned that play where uh-huh. they ended up putting it away. But it just had that feeling. The Packers are a lot better. They're dominating this football game, mm-hmm. but it's just not showing up on the scoreboard. Right. It felt like it shouldn't have been close at all. Now, ultimately, they win by two touchdowns. It's I mean, division around pretty close to a blowout. But yeah, true. <laughs> It didn't have that feel on the other side. It was just a weird, odd type of game here. And do you realize this is Aaron Rodgers' first time ever as the host in an NFC Championship no, game as no. a quarterback? Starting I, I, quarterback. I would never have got that. No. Never. I would have guessed three, maybe yeah. four, something C- like that. Certainly not the first time. No, not at all. And here we are. No. And you think of some of the failures in the past, and now, well, we'll get to the, who they're facing in a moment. Yeah. It is... Uh, Quite the accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I remember last year, the analytics said that that was not a 13-3 and team. They weren't good right. enough for that. Right. They get to the NFC Championship and just get blown out. Yep. And they it wasn't close. There was a huge gap between them and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Coming in this year, all right, they had all the fumble luck last year, all those close games. You can't do that two years in a row. The NFL, you can't do that. Here they are, back yep. in the championship game, the number one seed this time, and hosting. So I think it says a lot, not just about Rodgers and him being rejuvenated or just having maybe a coach that knows how to use a quarterback right. with those kind of talents right. in Lafleur compared to McCarthy, but but also that organization as a whole and the way that Gunakuns has built them up. I'll be honest, I'm jealous. I look at an organization <laughs> like that. I even look like an organization like the Vikings, and, and I'm a big fan of Spielman, Zimmer. Yeah, there's, but you look, at, it's a professional organization. Kansas City, professional organization. Three of the four of our regional teams are run professionally. <laughs> There's one that not. Fortunately, it's the team that I root for in the Bears, if you miss that. Yeah, no, it was, uh, look, and Packer fans too, I mean, they, it's going to end at some point. And I mean, I don't think Jordan Love is Brett Favre <laughs> or Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. But the the fact that they have essentially, I mean, Trent, when did, when did, uh, when did the Magic Man get hurt? What year in the 90s was 92? that? 92? 91, 92, 93, somewhere around there. But whatever, early 90s to now, and you've had two first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks in that time. It is a remarkable, a lucky run um, that the franchise that you root for is on and enjoy it while you can. It doesn't look like he's slowing down mm-hmm. uh, anytime soon. Uh, so Tampa Bay will come in. Uh, good to see Lazard make amends for that one that he dropped uh, down the, the um, he was on the right side of the field at that point and hit him right in the hands. And there was a play early in the game, too. It was the third down play, I want to say. They were inside the... Um, the 10-yard line, and Rodgers put it. Now, I I thought that it got tipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that was on Lazard, but Rodgers had something to say, um, you know, catch the damn ball or mm-hmm. something along those lines. I don't think he said damn. He probably did, but I better, <laughs> so we will. <laughs> uh, but look, at, uh, good, good for Green Bay. Uh, one of the two, and we have two of the uh, uh, regional teams in the final four standing, so that's good for business mm-hmm. here. So let's go to the night game. Uh, it was Buffalo and uh, and Baltimore. I thought Baltimore. Look, I picked them. 
Um, I thought that they would win the football game. I loved Buffalo's story, but I just thought watching Lamar Jackson and the defense the week before that this is going to be a very tough out. Baltimore looked out of it the entire game. Just disjointed the entire Offensively. game. Offensively. Yes. Because defensively they were really good. Right. And they made it incredibly difficult. It's a game, if you're on the Baltimore side, you say, we should have won this game if you get anything of normalcy out of Lamar Jackson and the rest of the offense. And that wasn't the case. Credit to Buffalo for what they did. Uh, I liked seeing a little Micah Hyde out there making some plays. Always good to see. That guy just continually makes plays in the NFL. Did it with the Packers and now still doing it with the Bills. But it was another one of those, for me, I saw that one coming. In fact, it was the only one of the weekend that I saw coming and got on the right side because I just never believed Baltimore, this winning streak, it was on the backs of not yeah, very good teams. Right. And there wasn't anything that I said, that's sustainable. When you get to this level, when you get to the divisional round and playing these kind of teams, that this is all of a sudden going to be the offense we saw for the first 12, 14 weeks of last season. I never got there because I never believed in the teams that they beat to get to this point. Well, Leslie Fraser and that defense was was spectacular, mm-hmm. and they're going to need to be again this weekend because let's go to the early game from yesterday, Chiefs and the Browns, a game that uh, certainly got interesting down the stretch. So let's let's talk about the hit. Wilson, well, I believe it was Wilson that was the one that uh, that got Mahomes on the ground. Mahomes was, uh, he's, he's clearly got a turf toe or something wrong with, uh, with, uh, with uh, I believe it's his left big toe, uh, and he was under the tent at some point in the football game and you can see him limping around a little bit. Trent, when the play happened and then Mahomes stood up right away and you could see, I mean, this this was cartoons. He'd have those little birdies flying right. around his head, right? Um, that he was clearly out of it. He had no idea where he was and he could hardly stand. But the hit itself, it wasn't helmet to helmet. There was a helmet to helmet call early in the game that we'll get to that wasn't called. Just an egregious miss on the uh, on the officials. But did you think it was as bad as it turned out to be? Not even close. And that's why there's some some theories out there, some ideas. We'll bring out the tin foil hats for this. That it really wasn't a concussion. It was a stinger, kind of. You know when. You're a little kid. Did you ever play the choking game with your buddies? You put, I can't say we did that in Canada. Greg. <laughs> put, your guy, put somebody in a sleeper hold, and you're not really going to choke them out. But no, I don't think we did. Every once in a while, you get choked out. And Is that just a rural Iowa game, or is this probably, something you know, wrestling the... community in Osage? Okay. <laughs> Didn't have a whole lot to do for fun. Hey, let's let's choke, choke your buddy. Let's choke each other out. Hang on a second. I got choked yesterday. <laughs> is it your turn? I want to be the choker, not the chokey, please, on uh, this one. Was there something there? Because I saw it was something medically where you're hitting the back of the head. Mm -hmm. That can happen where you just pass out. Because it it looked, yeah, the back of the head, that's kind of where it happened, right? right? There was like that forearm kind of that came through. Uh Could it have been something like that? I don't think it's out of the stretch because there is nothing that you look at and say, oh, concussion, helmet, or he hit on the ground. Wasn't that hard? I didn't think. Or even like a whiplash type of thing. Could have been something like that. I don't know. I was shocked. Yes, just the standard, Mm -hmm. this is a concussion, what we normally see. It didn't pass the sniff test, so I wonder if it's something goofy like that. And will we ever know? Uh, I don't know. Right. Is it just easier just to say, yeah, concussion, Uh concussion protocol? Well, the the thing is, though, Trent, once you slide him into that category, it's it's difficult to get out of it and, and do so in a time. Look, this is... 
this is now turned over to NFL doctors. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that the fact that it's not a week six game against the Chargers, that it's an AFC championship game, that the same protocols would be in place in week six as they are for a championship game. There, it's a five-step program for him to get back on the field. And this isn't the Chiefs. This isn't the player. This isn't the Chiefs that will, at some point, uh, clear him to play. This is now in the hands of the NFL. But the fact that it might not have been a true concussion, and look, we're so far over the tips of our skis. I didn't go to college at all. You didn't take um, anything along those lines when you in, in the curriculum that you studied at Iowa, you, you and I. But it just seems like once you slide into concussion, it's not a rubber stamp that you get mm-hmm. out of it in time for next week's game. And you put it out there perfectly. You hope that this is, there's no chicanery here. This is, right. we know, this is a brain injury. Correct. A brain injury, how quickly things can end. And the protocols were put in place because of the fact that mm-hmm. brain injuries have come back and bitten to the league, bitten the league financially the way that they did. I mean, the, the, the concussion lawsuits, you don't have to go back too, too far. Um, I don't know. If it is Chad Henney, there's not no shot. They can be Buffalo. No, with but Chad you know Henney. what? With Chad Henney, Trent, the fact that he played Week 17, how mm-hmm. big of an impact was that on his performance Monstrous. this week? Don't he, you think? Now the interception was hideous. Oh God, awful! It just, I mean, yeah, it just... you, you you see a bunch of those watching your Bears every week. Yeah, that that right. type of play, the arm punt. Yes. Right. See those quite a bit. What, this... what did he see? What What was he looking? I at? don't think he saw anything. I think he was he was assuming. He thought that he was going to have one on one out there, and I'm just going to throw it up. Huh. And there's a safety, and and we saw what happened. That you can't read that and make that throw. No, either didn't see him or just assumed that the guy was going to be open and just threw it. Mm-hmm. You don't read that and make that one. But you're right. Him playing week 17 helped, but for Andy Reid to go for it, oh, not just go God. for it in fourth and one. Right. The play play before that, remember, unbelievable. Getting 13 and a half yards, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it looked like a first down. It, it was close, yeah. And then, oh, no, you see, they show the replay, and then the elbow's well, down. How okay. about Tony Romo's reaction to this? <laughs> I mean, Romo nuts. doesn't miss very often, right? He sees the game, and that's why he's that's what he that's what's made Tony Romo his ability to forecast exactly what's going to happen before it mm-hmm. happens. He's awesome, yeah. And then this, but it wasn't a little much. I, oh, I his don't reaction want, to I'm it. I'm not radio hot take guy here, but. Mm. It was over. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, he came unglued. He did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. And it's cool to have somebody that excited to mm-hmm. see something. Here we go, Jim. Yes. <laughs> I jaw on the ground. Oh my gosh! When that ball is snapped, to so be, to be, that it was snapped in yes. the first place, not that right. And then it went to another level. Well, and I, I almost assumed they were setting up like a quarterback draw. Right. I, I had, again, this is all happening. Blink, 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 but okay, they snapped it. What are they doing? Is it a quick punt? I mean, I felt like I had 20 things that went through my mind in the second before it comes out of his hand. Not a throw. No. But to do that and to set it up in the fashion, all right, we're going to try to dry off. Mm-hmm. All right. And then 12 on the play clock, they kind of all stand up a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, man, looks like we're going to use the This is all part of here. the charade, the shenanigans. We know you're not going to snap the ball. And Romo's saying just this right. as we're all watching and say, okay, yeah, all right, they're going to punt it away. Here we go. And then the ball comes out. Yeah. And to do that to Tyreek Hill on just a little out, mm-hmm. you need to, it was beautifully executed. It's something I've always wanted to see. I, it feels like you can always make 
a yard on a play like that if you have the defense relax just a touch. Same thing with the quarterback sneak. We're actually running that play. I think you have such a better chance of doing it that way. And to do that, how about this? Somebody, uh, a Chiefs buddy, brought this up to me last night. If Andy Reid didn't win the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, last year. Okay, yeah. I thought you were going to make the pass was incomplete yesterday. But if they don't have one in the back pocket, does he make that play call there? Or is he more conservative Mm. without having the championship already in Mm. his back pocket? I don't know. Uh, look, I, if I'd he, like to think he's doing the same thing. I kind of fell mm-hmm. on the side of, I think he just kicks it away. Well, there was a piece that was published this morning. Um, it wasn't Peter King's Monday morning quarterback. It was where he left, Sports Illustrated. And I don't know who, the, who wrote it, but apparently in the quarterback room on Saturday night, they go over the, the, the scenario. And the scenario on Saturday night that actually came to fruition was brought up in the meeting on Saturday night. Believe it or not, they talked about that play and Chad Henney running that play <laughs> on Saturday night. I mean, that's leaving no stone unturned. But for him to do it, can you, can you imagine the arrows that would have been pointed his way had it not been um, complete and they were able to run out the clock and then Cleveland got back the football and were able to go down and score and win the football game and knock the Chiefs out? Um just amazing, amazing game. It really and truly was. Baker Mayfield, look, Browns fans, your quarterback's arrived. Your quarterback's arrived. For my money, Baker Mayfield took steps forward this year. You can win a Super Bowl with him. Yes, you can. You have to have some other pieces. Mm-hmm. You have to have help. He's not a, He's not Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. I'm not putting him in that category. He's not going to Canton. Right, where he can do it all his own. But you can win plenty of games in the style that they're building, Stefanski didn't have a great game. No, he I had didn't. a terrible game, Trent. But challenged a play when he shouldn't have and yep. didn't challenge one that he should have. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? I'm good with him punting the ball on fourth and nine. Oh, yeah. With fourth and nine. If it's Mahomes, we're we'll, right. That's we'll a different story. But it was Chad Henney. It's Chad Henney. And we just seen what he'd done. He threw the ball uh-huh. to one of our guys. Yeah. He had no business. Stefanski, not his brightest nope. moment, but he, look what he did to the culture inside yeah. that organization. I think he's the coach of the year in the NFL. I, I agree with you. Yes. Can you know go back and forth? Is it what down in Miami? Uh yeah. like, like Flores, yeah. yeah. There's arguments out there. Yeah. Ron Rivera. Yeah. With with what Washington did. But yes, Stefanski, he's that guy. And there's going to be brighter moments in that. It seems like there's a, a type of ascension that also happens. This is bigger in the NBA, where it seems like you kind of take those steps before finally breaking through. But Cleveland took those steps mm. and I saw somebody say this on, on Twitter today. Oh, I know who it was. Uh, Sir Yacht. We still follow him on our show page. <laughs> what did he have to say? And he said in whisper voice, I can't, I, I'm happy that the Browns, when they make the Super Bowl, it'll be with a full stadium. Which, yeah. when Cleveland gets there, yeah, yeah you want to see 70,000 people mm-hmm. in the building and 60,000 were Browns fans. When the Bills get back, if it happens... It'll sting a little bit, but the Browns are different. This is, for the longest time in the 40s, 50s, 60s, one of the premier football institutions. Mm -hmm. And then they've fallen on hard times, and they had their team taken away. 
and you would love to see them get a Super Bowl when they get there and do it with the bowl. But I, and I have fans. Was, well, now yes. they've got your trend. Now they've got the drive. Then they then came the fumble. Then yesterday comes the touchback, and <sighs> it's 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 the worst rule in football. And this isn't a Johnny come lately. We've been preaching about this rule for years. But what I want to go because it's the right rule, the way it's in the rule book. As stupid as it is, they don't take it out. Trent, how could they not see Sorensen leading with his helmet on Higgins? As Higgins trying to stretch the ball out and score, it's clearly helmet to helmet. Mm-hmm. It was a no doubt about it, helmet to helmet. Now, I on one hand, I'll cut the official some slack because at that point, I have to believe he's looking at the pylon. Yeah. He's looking at the pylon. Is the ball going to be controlled and go across the pylon before he you know, makes the call. But how you could miss, how somebody else that wasn't close enough, and you can't go back, when they were looking at that on replay, you cannot then adjudicate the missed helmet-to-helmet call. Sorensen leads with his head, clearly hits Higgins. That, that Trent, as, as, as bad as Stefanski was yesterday, mm-hmm. that was a... An egregious miss on the results of the on the behalf of the officials. So with that, two things because I always like to have a solution. So the the solution for the helmet to helmet is we have the rules like college where they can blow down, they can stop the game. Yep. We're going to look back helmet to helmet, and I agree. If we're if we're really about player safety, even in the NFL, this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be more varying degrees in the college game. I do too, but. If you're all about safety and concussions, we know what a big issue that is in football. You have to change that rule if you're the NFL. Secondly, you don't like the fumble, it's a touchback. No. So what is it? What happens? The you ball just get comes the ball? back where he fumbled it. Really? Yeah. So we're going to have guys just I mean, chucking the ball towards the pylon at some point, if that's what the rule is. What because, do you mean chucking the ball? Well, you're just going to lead with your hand every mm-hmm. single time because if it's bounced out, you just get it back. That's not football. No, but if it's bounced out and it stays in the field of play, then the other team can fall on it. I mean, it's no guarantee it's going to go out the back of the end zone or the side of the end zone. But if it does, then you then you give the ball to Higgins and the Browns get the ball at the one wherever he wherever the ball uh, left his hand is where you get the football. I, I think it's a ridiculous rule. There's no guarantee it's going to go out of bounds. Right. And and if Kansas City falls on it, then it's a touchback. If Cleveland falls on it, can you advance a fumble? I think the ball comes back to where he would have to where it left his hand because the fact that it didn't stay in the end zone. I, I just don't like the rule. I think it's a and this isn't a, again a Johnny come lately, um, you know, take on my part. I think you just put the ball where where he where he lost control of it. It's just it's it's too much of a of a penalty for him. Then to... hold on to the ball. And well, I, know I that... agree with that. But again, it's it's you you you've got the you know you're in the you're in the playoff game. I'm this close. I'm gonna score. I'm gonna be a hero. <laughs> but how many coaches preach ball security? Well, they all do. They and, and Stefanski says they coach that that it's uh, that he they're not supposed to reach for that. But put the ball back where it went out of bounds instead of you know because it went out of the side of the end. Chiefs didn't make a play there. Chiefs I think there has anything. to be some kind of penalty though. If if something like that happens, he can't just give it to him where it was knocked out. You fumbled the ball. Right, but the Chiefs didn't do anything to get him to fumble the football. Well, they did. It's not they, like they made a play. They 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 made a legal play. <laughs> no, right. That's the problem. But if it was a legal play, and they still punched it out there, and maybe that's why that frustrated you more than it was. If there was, if it was a legal hit, it was the football was hit by the helmet instead of helmet to helmet that punched that out. Would you still be saying the same thing? 
Uh, yeah, no. So you're in your scenario, a chief had, had caused no. Yeah, no. but, but you it didn't. Right, but you can't make that rule and say, well, if it happens this way, then you get the ball back at the one. But if the defense actually made a play on the ball, then that's different. That is different. I think you can adjudicate that. I think you can officiate that. Well, who touched it first? Was it coming out? You get it into a very gray area. Well, look at look at the play Winfield made uh, in 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 the uh, in the Buccaneers in the Saints game. That's one I think you should. Uh, he clearly punched it out. If the defense, if the defense is the cause of the ball leaving Higgins' hand. I'm good with that. But the fact that Higgins, other than stretching the ball, uh, I don't know. We'll take some calls on this. Uh, we will get to Dave Sproul coming up. Look, there's not a lot of Iowa State conversation. I'm not sure Dave can uh, um, shed on any light on what's been going on. I sure hope that he can uh, because this uh, it's been a long time since we've seen Iowa State on the basketball court. Uh, let's get Bill in here first of all. Bill, welcome to the program, Bill. Help us out, Bill. Good morning, guys. I kind of agree with both of you, uh, Kenny. It's a ridiculous rule. I mean, they should give the ball back to the fumbling team, but put it back on the 20 instead of where he, like, like Trent said, otherwise guys will just be throwing balls at the pylon. <laughs> you know. Did he still have a finger on it? Ridiculous. Yeah. That's a ridiculous rule. So, so they, you, so you want to, uh, Cleveland maintains possession, but the ball yeah, comes back, back to the, the 20. 20. Yeah. I could buy that. I mean, I mean, you got to pay. You got to make the guy pay for fumbling, but don't yep. give him, you know, where it went out of bounds at the half yard line or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Bill. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Good to talk to you. Uh, Mark is next. Mark, welcome. Uh, how do we handle this, Mark? Well, Belichick has coached his players never to try and reach out mm-hmm. with the football at the goal line because. That's the kind of shit that can happen. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the call. Uh, see, there's, there's, a, there's a few words you can't say. Uh-huh. And, and, and that's one of them. We dance around them from time to time. Right, right. And I, I don't think that should be one of them, but that's kind of like that rule that I don't like the rule <laughs> when the ball goes out of the end zone. Um, anyways. Uh, the idea of some kind of penalty then mm-hmm. that happens. Are you more in board, on board with that? Because yeah, just don't just don't give Kansas City the ball, right? Yeah. In this case, Kansas City didn't do a damn thing to get the ball. I mean, Sorensen was like a, a missile projectile with his helmet. That's a penalty. Every day of the week, that's a penalty. But they missed that, and you can't go back when you're looking at the, you know, before they they went under the hood. You cannot come back and add that on. Now I'm with you on that one. Let's let's bring that part of the college rule mm-hmm. into the NFL. That yes, you can take a look. Uh, Nate joins us. Nate, what's on your mind? How do we fix this, Nate? Uh, I really don't have an answer on how to fix it, but I got a kind of a reverse situation to think about. If you change the rule about fumbling forward into the end zone about the team getting it back what about a team on the opposite goal line trying to not get a safety they fumble it and it goes in the end zone and out of bounds so if you change the rule if you fumble it forward out of bounds and you don't but that's your own end zone though right you would be doing it in your own end zone uh it's a safety now the rule is right if you Mm -hmm. fumble it backwards and it goes out of bounds as a safety so I mean, that's just as negative for the offense as it's just as negative for the offense going the opposite way. I, I don't know if there's a good solution to it. I, I've 
I heard Dan Patrick talking about the bringing it out to the twenty yard line, but then you're first and ten, so it's not much of a mm-hmm. not a big penalty. Maybe you bring it out to the twenty yard line and you call it first and goal. You got you know, mm-hmm. there's your penalty. You got twenty yards to make in the end zone now, mm-hmm. maybe. So it doesn't take the field goal out of the equation. I look at I think Nate, I appreciate the call. I think that this will but we've said this before. This isn't the first time that this mm-hmm. has happened. It's not. Well, and you run into a problem, too. So what Nate said just there, first and goal from the 20, well, it's third down. You're at the five. You're diving. I'm not going to get it. I'm just going to throw it through the end zone uh-huh. and get us a fresh set of downs from the 20. Right. Because we need a touchdown. We're down four mm-hmm. in the final two minutes of the game. You run into that, too. I, the rule is what it is. You have to secure the football. Mm-hmm. You have to secure the football at all times, and even if the defense doesn't make a play, you fumble it out of bounds, you lose the football. I, I just don't think there's a better solution. That's the problem. Because, yes, I understand your frustration with the rule, Ken. I just don't think there's a good and, enough and solution. And this isn't a Ken chief hater rule. No, no, take, no. by the way. Right, right. Um, yeah. It's, um, it, it seems, well, it's very severe. Look, uh, it's... It, who knows how many points Cleveland would have gotten out of that? I mean, they might not have got any. We know that they didn't end up that they uh, were were able to put any points on the board. Kansas City gets the football. And did they not go down the field after that and kick a field, field goal, goal, Yeah, right? Yeah. So that was a double whammy because they got the ball at the 20, and here comes Mahomes, and uh, bing, bang, boom, they're in field goal range um, and split the sticks. Brian wants to help us out. Brian, welcome to the program. How do we fix this, Brian? Well, I'd like to add a little something about where historically this rule interpretation came from. Please do. This this came from the Oakland Raiders in the 1970s. Kenny Stabler was in a situation, if I'm not mistaken, they were playing the Dolphins the year after the Dolphins went 17-0. The next year, the the Dolphins, or excuse me, the Raiders were at the end of the game. Stabler was going to get sacked. He rolled out of the uh, pocket straight forward. And as he was going down, Casper fell on the ball. Yard line, yeah, and, and he fumbled it forward. I remember. Casper recovered yep. it in the end zone. I remember that. The NFL said after that, you could no longer fumble the ball forward mm-hmm. and have your own team recover it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's where this rule came from. Uh, so the but the touchback was part of that rule at the time. That's yeah. what was it written in then. Yeah. And that's why they brought the yep. because they were going to penalize yep. the offensive team I remember. I remember, for fumbling remember the game. on purpose. Uh, Brian, thanks for that. Uh, you refresh my memory, I, and you're 100% right. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. Dave Casper fell on the ball in the, in the, uh, the uh, Holy Rollers games. Yeah. The remember whole, NFL, yes. the NFL that's films right. about that. That's what the name is of it, yes. Are we losing a generation of football fans that just don't get to watch those NFL films? Oh, How good were gosh, they? Trent, they? The were history of the league, the way uh, Sable and his dad... Put that together, mm-hmm. boy! Absolutely. Is there incredible. has the junior Sable? Does does he have a? I mean, he's he died of cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Is there another Sable? There is, yeah. His his son, right? And I think he was like a. I want to say he was a film director, like an actual film director. I could be off okay. on that, but there's yes another in those the lines. Holy Roller, I forgot all about that name. It was. There, there's so many of those kind of plays. There's always a reason for it, right? Yeah, indeed. All right, we're on to something here. We'll we'll clear out these callers, then we'll get Dave Sproul uh, in here on Iowa State. They've uh, um, fallen on some hard times as far as uh, being able to take the floor. We hope that they're able to do so uh, when they're supposed to head to Lubbock this weekend, but I guess that's kind of in jeopardy um, for the time being. Leland is next. Hello, Leland. How are you? 
I'm doing great, guys. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Hey, here's how I think they should handle this. It's a fumble. The defensive team that caused the fumble would get the ball at the one-yard line. They're going to have to drive 99 mm-hmm. yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. The majority of the time, they're off, they'll be running with a partial offense because they're crammed up against the goal line. So there's a higher chance they're going to eventually have to punt back to the originating team anyway. But if they would get the ball at the one, and if they can score great, if they have to punt, then the other team that fumbled the ball would get it back and they have a short field. You know what, Leland? If they, I, I'm I'm on board with that. Actually, if uh, I think that might be a compromise that might gain some traction instead of them giving the ball at the twenty, you put it where the yep. ball was. And I don't know if it was the one or the two yard line that left Higgins' hand. Um, I I could see that. I don't mind that option, Leland. Look, I prefer that the uh, that the Browns would have got the ball back or whoever it would have been. But if you are going to give it to the defense, uh, give it to the defense where the ball actually uh, left the uh, the offensive player's hand, Leland. That's not bad. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You're welcome, guys. Have a great day. Uh, let's get Dan in here, and then we will go to break. Uh, Dan, uh, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. Um, Kenny, I agree with you. Um, and, you know, the guy that talked about um, the the Oakland Raiders things, I mean, I'm old like you, Kenny, so <laughs> I remember this stuff. Um, but, but if you did that in the playing field today – um, they just bring the ball back if 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 you if your right. own team ends up recovering it right Correct. they bring it back yep. to that spot okay and even in today's NFL if you fumble that ball into the end zone and your guy recovers it and it doesn't go out the back or out the side then it comes back to that spot mm-hmm. where he fumbled it because he can't push it forward I don't know. I, I don't think the touchback thing was involved in that decision about fumbling forward, you know, back in the day. I, I, I think that came up through something else. Okay. And the other thing that I wanted to say to TC, mm-hmm. why, why when you're in the field of play, let's say you're reaching for a first down and you get hit and the ball goes out of bounds when you're reaching for yeah. a first down in the field of play. You don't change possession on that. Right. If the ball goes out of bounds, they bring it back. I, I just think it's too punitive. I think it's way too punitive. And, Kenny, you initially said, which I totally agree with, all right, it happened at the one-yard line, ball goes out of the back of the end zone. The defensive team did not recover the ball. They should not be rewarded with the ball. Bring it back to the one and give it to them right there. Dan, appreciate the call. I appreciate listening as well. Yep, take care. Dan got me there. You're going for a first down reach. Yeah, you still keep the football. You don't Mm -hmm. lose the football. Okay, I'm being swayed a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's a bad rule. And you know what? Leland, I think it was, if if they are going to give the, in this case, the Chiefs the ball, Mm -hmm. give it to them at the one. Yeah. You know, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Uh-huh. So good ideas. Appreciate you guys uh, chiming in on this here this morning. We'll take our first time out. We do owe you a keyword, and we're going to do that right now. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword 
grand to 200 200 right now it's your chance to win a thousand dollars that's grand to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest right, dave sprow on iowa state will kick off our number two with the headcheese.com we will uh, recap the packers and the rams likewise with nick athen on the uh, browns and the chiefs and then uh, scott document about 11 30 on iowa miller and condon till noon des moines sports station 1460 kxno 106 Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Talk a little Iowa State, Dave Sproul, KSI. There's very little Iowa State to discuss mm-hmm. as they have not seen the floor uh, since uh, the Texas Tech game a week ago Saturday, And their next scheduled game is against? Texas Tech, this coming Saturday in Lubbock. Uh, That one, I guess, is kind of iffy right now. KASI is where you can hear Dave Sproul, 1430 on the AM dial. That's the home of Iowa State. The women had a big win. We'll get to that in a second. Dave, I know that uh, you've got uh, Coach Prohm coming up uh, as far as a uh, teleconference, press conference to get what information can be uh, shared. What do you expect to hear, Dave, when you hear from Coach Prohm later on? Uh, actually, I'm not expecting to hear from Coach Prom at all. I haven't seen anything unless I missed something. I don't think they're planning on doing a media availability uh. precisely for that. The reason of you know the program being shut down and they don't know when things are going to get back up and going for the moment. So there are a lot more questions than answers, uh, really, even from within the program that they could provide right now because they don't want to give away specific medical information right. about players or coaches or whoever might uh, have tested positive or is going through contact tracing and all that. And, so, you know, it's probably just best to, to wait and get back to the point where they can at least get a plan together or, or get back into practice and start preparing for the next game, whether it's Texas Tech or whatever's next. I don't even know the schedule beyond that off the top of my head. But right now they, their most pressing concern is getting everybody healthy. So – it felt for a long time, boy, the Big 12's got this figured out. They're not having canceled games. And then the last week has happened, and what have we had? Six, seven games, I think, Three that have been Saturday. Yeah, taken off the board. We know that the Big 12 does not play games on Sundays, but how much different do you anticipate the schedule is going to be trying to get these games in here? And I know they have that flexibility at the end of the regular season, but, boy, it feels like that might be going away. Two-parter what you think the Big 12 schedule is going to look like getting these games in. And secondly, what about the SEC challenge? A possibility. Trent, great point. They take that away just to get these conference games in. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that, the possibility of maybe canceling that SEC challenge. Uh, It would be interesting to see how ESPN reacts. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. You know, the outfit that put that together, and they got some money riding on it, I'm sure. Uh, but at the same time, both conferences might get together and say, look, this, we, we can't do this. And we need the, you know, the little space, the little flexibility for our schedules because yeah, to go back to the first part of that question, it's, it's probably going to get a little wild here and they're mm-hmm. probably going to have to do some creative scheduling and maybe even play uh, as many as three games in a week or maybe four games in 10 or 12 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be, uh, a, a real challenge to get all these games in now with the number of, of cases that are mounting up where you have to, postpone contest so i'm glad i'm not the guy who has to sit there and figure this all out that's for sure yeah no that's a that's a good point trent because um i mean does iowa state really have 
to go to need to go to Starkville, Mississippi, to take on Mississippi State. Um, and, and Dave, you reminded us last Friday of that uh, flexibility that's built into the end. The schedule ends on February the twenty seventh. The Big Twelve tournament is not supposed to start until the tenth of March, assuming conference tournaments are played at any point. So there is what a twelve day window or whatever it is. But these, you know, these postponements are adding up. They've not only for Iowa State, but around the conference. Right, and it's going to be a real juggling act to get these tournaments in, to get all these games in. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe call off these tournaments. I don't know. I don't think they want to do that because there's a a good deal of TV money riding on that. And even uh, the folks and the organizers in Kansas City would probably want to see that, even if it's you know a limited capacity. They still sure. want to see at least a little bit of those tourism dollars, dollars still come into town. So there's going to be pressure on both sides, certainly, to, to figure out a solution to that. I, I don't see a way to make everybody happy, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, not to uh, quote Kim Mulkey too closely, but the almighty dollar is going to speak pretty loudly when it comes to this. No, she's right. Well, let's get to Kim and uh, the Baylor women falling at home to the Twister sisters, getting it done. What a performance. And it's just from last year's upset to this year's victory. What is it about Iowa State seemingly the only team in the Big 12 that can beat this juggernaut that is Baylor? Well, it says something about Baylor that, Two wins in a row and spread out over a couple seasons is some kind of a you know a headline grabbing thing right. that you know Baylor's been so dominant. Just one team happens to rise up and, and nip them a couple times that it 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 becomes a big deal. But I think for Iowa State, I mean, this was I think less uh, surprising to me because Iowa State went down there to Waco with its full complement of players last season. It was the last day of the regular season. Uh, Kristen Scott, uh, the second best player for Iowa State, uh, was out with an injury, uh, missed the last three games of the season altogether, and Iowa State was still able to pull off that upset. Now that was in Hilton, so that helped a little bit. Uh, this was on the road and not, you know, full arena as you normally might see down there in Waco. But this, I think this Iowa State team this season is, is as complete as, as I've seen in a while for Bill Fenley's team. They have players, uh, they have Scott who can score inside and out. They have actually Jones is one of the best players in the country. She reminds me a lot of George Niang in a lot of ways in the fact that she can score from top angles and make shots that you just you, you wouldn't think are possible. And she's also got that same kind of toughness and grit that George brought to the, the floor for Iowa State back in the day when he played for the men's squad. And, and she's legitimately one of the best players in the country. Um, and they have a young freshman uh, class uh, headlined by Lexi Donarski who was a McDonald's All-American as a high schooler. First time a McDonald's All-American has signed with Iowa State. And she's, kind of, she's playing up to that level so far. This team regularly starts three freshmen, uh, and they're out there in first place in the Big 12 right now, and it's, it's fun to watch and uh, exciting to see, you know, uh, an Iowa State team that can play, you know, a little bit faster tempo, can play an exciting style of basketball, and uh, bring some real entertainment value to the floor. Uh, Dave, last thing for you, uh, the Cyclone football uh, program got a recruit yesterday, Eli Sanders, a running back from the state of Arizona. Uh was in the state over the weekend. He took an unofficial uh, to Iowa, unofficial to Iowa State, and decided he wants to be a cyclone for his collegiate career. Eli Sanders, I know you, like me, don't follow a whole lot of recruiting, uh, but uh, a running back from the state of Arizona. Arizona's been very good <laughs> to the Iowa State football program over the last little while. Yeah, Brock Purdy, uh, Joy Ramos uh, have uh, come out of that state and have been big-time players for Iowa State. 
And with Sanders, you know, I, I did a little reading when I saw that, that commitment come through, and, you know, the, the running back situation is a little bit thin for Iowa State behind uh, Brees Hall. There's only one other, one other uh, scholarship running back in the program right now, and I don't know how much that factored into the decision to come to Iowa State instead of Iowa, but it is significant for Iowa State to win a head-to-head recruiting battle uh, with, uh, with the Hawkeyes there, too. So, and he's a guy who might get a chance to play, you know, as soon as next year. He, he might be, you know, backing up uh, Brees Hall, and then if Brees, you know, decides to leave early for the NFL, then either as a redshirt freshman or as a sophomore, Sanders gets his shot to be the starter. So he's coming into a good situation uh, for the Cyclones and himself. Uh, Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I. Dave, uh, by the time Friday rolls around, hopefully we'll have a little more clarity on what's going to happen. We will speak with you then. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you're the same. Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, 1430 on the AM dial. We'll take our final time out of the hour. NFL conversation, more of it to begin hour number two. Scott Dockerman on the Hawkeyes about 1130. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines, Scott, uh, Des Moines Sports Station, not Scott Station. 1460 KX and 0-1. Condon, welcome back. Five minutes before the hour of 11 on 1460 KX and Owen 106.3 FM. Uh, coming up, hour number two, a lot of NFL football conversation. We have not touched on Iowa's win over Northwestern. We'll do that with Scott Dockerman uh, towards 1130 or thereabouts. Of course, Doc writes for The Athletic. Have you watched the two-episode Tiger Woods uh, document documentary might not be the whatever they call them on HBO. That's what it is. Yeah, is it a document? Have you yeah. seen it? I saw three quarters of the first one. Yep, I have not dove into the second yet. But did that? I don't know. Tuesday, Wednesday last week, some evening, everybody else was a bed and uh, started diving. It's long. It's good. And that's why I didn't get through all of it. It's an hour and a half, and I think last night's an hour 45. And I'm not through last night's yet, but mm-hmm. I got a pretty good jump on it uh, after the football ended. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know what? They didn't. They they didn't sweep anything under the carpet. And that's and I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's still got it yeah. recorded uh, and hasn't watched it yet. Um, Armin Katayan, who did the yes. well, HBO, he was on Real Sports all the mm-hmm. time. Very good investigative. He wrote a book uh, with another co-author a couple of years ago. This is based off of that book. So oh, a lot I didn't of the interviews that. are there. And Katayan is in the piece. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also heard an interview with him, and he said one of the things is they also, for the documentary, did get some people that wouldn't talk for the book, but by a little later they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Were able to do that. Unfortunately, there's also some people that would talk for the book, but didn't want to do it on camera. Gotcha. And so that's uh, you see some of those pieces kind of filled in. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, we all remember the story, uh, mm-hmm. but to, to have it brought to the screen is, uh, is entirely different. And Rachel Yucatel, I believe is how she pronounces her last name. Mm-hmm. He's not the, um, the image that was put out there for us by his sponsors. Was, uh, and I'm looking, it, it doesn't do, doesn't move me one way or another towards, look, I'm selfish. I want to be entertained when I watch sports, and Tiger entertained the hell out of me. Whether you root for him or whether you root against him, you watched. Uh, and there was a time in golf, man, that he was like none other. But the stuff that he was trying to juggle 
uh, in addition to playing golf and winning majors, the stuff that was going on in his life, how he was able to keep that straight, just remarkable. Well, when you get through it, yes. let's discuss it further because I think it's clearly segment-worthy yes. uh, at some point. So is the Iowa-Northwestern game. We'll get into that. How about Liam Robbins, by the way? Knocking down threes. Trent, this kid, he did the right thing. I mean, I yeah. selfishly would you have loved to see him stay at Drake? Absolutely. But the competition that he's going up against... And at least for one night, is he is he gone? From yes, Minnesota. I, yes, I'm with you. We don't have a, a whole lot of NBA draft next, but boy, oh boy, he can do it all. The way he's shooting the basketball, the size, yes. Yeah. Uh, hour two coming up next.